The Greats is a podcast about successful scientists from all different cultures and backgrounds. I have loved learning about these incredible people, and I hope you will too. Tune in every week for a new story. Now let's get into the episode. Welcome to our fourth episode of The Greats. I'm your host, Miss Mack, and today we are talking about archaeologist Bertha Parker. To help us do that, I have my friend, Miss Swisher, here with us. Introduce yourself, Miss Swisher. Hi, I'm Miss Swisher. I'm really happy to be here today. Great. Thank you so much. Let's dig in today, into today's scientist. Uh-huh, get it? It's an archaeology uh- joke. Dig. <laughs> <laughs> So Bertha Parker was born in Chautauqua County, New York, in 1907. She was indigenous, which is a better way of saying that she was Native American. Her mother was an actress, along with many of her other family members. When Bertha was a teenager, she and her mother performed together. Have you ever done anything like that with your parents? Um, Great question, and it's really fun to learn about uh, Miss Parker's background and how she's from New York. I actually um, never really performed with my whole family, but I was in the choir at church mm. in church for like from second grade until high school. And my mother and I were also in a choir at church together, but we sang like really opera style music. Cool. So, yeah. Nice. <laughs> and it's fun, right? To just like perform with a group of people, I think. Yeah, it is fun. Um, it made, well, for me as a kid, it made going to church more fun. Right. Uh, singing. <laughs> so that was Bertha's mother's side of the family. Bertha's father was an archaeologist, and it's rumored that Bertha was actually born in a tent during one of her father's digs. When she was young, she helped her father on his archaeology excavation trips. Ms. Swisher, I know you have some experience with archaeology. Can you explain what it is and what you've done? How does art and art teacher end up doing dabbling in archaeology? Wow, how interesting. Um, And yeah, I forgot to mention in my introduction, I'm the art teacher here at Sunset Park Prep (laughs) and also the social and emotional learning teacher. But before I was the art teacher here, I worked in museum education. So I worked at several museums as a teacher. And one of the museums that I worked at was called, is called the Jewish Museum. And the Jewish Museum talks about art, but it also talks about the history of the Jewish people. And Jewish people are a nomadic people originally. When you're a nomadic group, that means you move from place to place. And so they're really interesting to study as a group because you can find their um, artifacts all over the world, actually. Mm. So as a museum educator, we would lead digs. Um, for (laughs) students so that they could see how archaeologists work and also understand why it's important to do these digs because what you find on the digs helps you figure out the story of a people or a culture. And that's also why I'm really passionate about teaching art, not only about making things, but how those artifacts help us understand history. And science, I guess. Sounds really interesting. Yeah. So in archaeology, you're just going out to the field, right? And you're, what, taking a shovel to the dirt or? Yep. You have specific tools um, that you use. So you have things that look like a little, like a shovel and a bucket, but you also have a sifter. Okay. So that you can, like, take big pieces of dirt and sift it and see what comes through. 
Because sometimes the artifacts are very, very, very small. Right. Or they're fragments. So they're mm. broken pieces of something. It's kind of like when you find artifacts, it's like putting a puzzle together. Ooh. You have to find all these pieces and connect them to understand what the original purpose of that artifact was. That sounds really interesting. And that's what Bertha Parker was doing when she was helping her father on these digs. She was sifting, she was digging some, and really learning about different nomadic peoples back in the day. So Bertha actually moved to Los Angeles after her parents got a divorce, and she met her first husband on an acting set there. She had a baby with him, but things got really bad. She decided to leave with her baby. However, her husband kidnapped both of them. Bertha had to be rescued by her uncle. How absurd. That is crazy. Right? Oh, my gosh. Poor Bertha and I their know. child. Yes. That would be really stressful. Um, so stressful. Yeah. Wow. But it turns out, so her uncle, it gets a little bit more interesting. Turns out Bertha's uncle is a famous archaeologist. Oh. So he took Bertha and her baby to a dig site in Nevada, and that's where she was hired as a secretary and a cook for the archaeologist there. Wow. In her free time, she would go to the dig sites and learn more about archaeology. So I want, I'm wondering, what are your first impressions of Bertha Parker? Well, I think that what's really cool about her, actually, what I'm hearing as I'm learning more, is that, you know, as you said, at first she was born in 1907. Mm-hmm. So to be a woman um, at an archaeological site mm. at that time is really fascinating because they were typically male-dominated spaces. Mm-hmm. There weren't a lot of female archaeologists. So when you said that she was hired as a secretary and a cook, I was like, oh, for the time, that makes sense because they wouldn't really have women out on the archaeological sites. But what's cool is that she used her time there as a way to learn more about archaeology. Very cool. Yes. She was a super scientifically minded person, I think. So when she got on that archaeological dig site, she was like, oh, wait, I want to know more about this. That's so cool. And she would use her free time to learn about archaeology. And actually, she went on to discover several archaeological sites herself. And in 1930, the archaeological team that she was traveling with as a secretary and a cook went to Gypsum Cave in Nevada. Since she was so small, she could fit into all these tiny little nooks and crannies in the cave. So here we have an experienced yet underrated archaeologist crawling, literally crawling through this cave going where literally no man has ever gone before because they had been too big. Can you relate to this at all, Miss Swisher? I absolutely do relate to this. <laughs> I am a very small person. I am only 4'11 as an adult, and there are a lot of places mm. that I can fit into that most other adults can't. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people, you know, they, they're like, oh, you're so small. People, people comment about that kind of stuff all the time. Right. But it's actually kind of my superpower. And it sounds like Bertha was using it also for her advantage. You know, if yes. you're a small person and you're crawling through cra- caves, you can get to places other people can't get to. And that's yes. really important for an archaeolog- yes. archaeologist. And it ended up being super, super important because she found... Um, a what's called a ground sloth skull. So a, mm. a ground sloth was just like a giant sloth that lived back in the day. Um, they don't exist anymore. They are extinct. Aww. But she found the skull of one. Wow. And Bertha's discovery was, was actually 
groundbreaking because scientists at the time had the hypothesis that humans came to North America much later. Mm. But the bones, including the ground sloth skull bones that um, Bertha found, pointed to the North American peoples being in the area at a much earlier time. So it really changed the way archaeologists, <laughs> that's a hard word, mm -hmm. archaeologists were thinking about humans in North America. And Gypsum Cave is now such a big deal that excavations at the site are still being done. Wow. Yes. Literally groundbreaking. <laughs> like, And that's part of actually archaeology is breaking the ground. But she herself changed history. Yes. Right? By her exploring and investigations and like scientific mind, mm -hmm. she was able to help us better understand history. Yes. How exactly. amazing. I know. <laughs> so unfortunately, after Gypsum Cave, Bertha got pretty sick and mm -hmm. decided to return to L.A. She didn't stop there, though. I mean, this is Bertha Parker we're talking about. She traveled. She eventually became an assistant archaeologist and ethnologist at the Southwest Museum in California. Mm. And through her job there, she traveled all over California to the indigenous people living there. She documented important records of their cultures, their traditions, their history, their folk folklore, everything there was to know about these indigenous tribes. Bertha wrote it down. She also gave credit to the people who told their stories, and she gave a voice to the people who were often ignored. Have you ever felt ignored, Miss Swisher? That's a really great question. I think um, hearing Bertha's story and also the story of indigenous peoples, or we also refer to them as native people, mm -hmm. um, those stories are often ignored, mm -hmm. and people have to go searching for them. And I think just recently, like as a woman, my stories are starting to be told, mm -hmm. but I have felt ignored in my own life, and it's a really, it's not a good feeling. It's, yeah, it's horrible. It's horrible, <laughs> and I think that... Um, women are now like hopefully being less ignored. But when I was coming up, like growing up, I definitely felt the change, mm -hmm. um, especially in school. You know, it was definitely a big part of our, my Catholic school culture mm. that um, boys had different privileges than girls. Yes. And girls would often be ignored. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, I hope it's different at Sunset Park Prep. <laughs> <laughs> so Bertha was giving a voice to these ignored people. And she eventually, and I'm going to go off on a little tangent here, she eventually married an actor named Iron Eyes Cody in 1936, who was also an advocate for indigenous peoples. Um, but, turns out, although he was playing some indigenous characters on TV and adv advocating for indigenous people's rights, it came out um, right before his death, that Iron Eyes Cody wasn't indigenous. He was just pretending to be. He's actually Italian. Wow. Yes. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's funny to me because I'm also Italian, mm. and um, <laughs> so is my husband. And oftentimes people think that he's a different uh, ethnic group than right. he is. And so... It's hilarious that that's been going on for a while. But I'm wondering, what does that have to do with Bertha Parker? So I'm going to get there. Thanks for asking. 
Bertha died in 1978. She was an accomplished archaeologist, obviously, who was a pioneer in her field. She discovered several important archaeological sites on her own, and she helped spread knowledge about the indigenous people in California. However, when she died, they engraved her headstone as, guess what, Mrs. Iron Eyes Cody, not even with her own name. That's crazy. Yes. That is really crazy because... She died in 1978. Yes. Again, it just shows us like how far we've come that she wasn't even her own person on her tombstone. Right. She was someone else's person. She was Mrs. Iron Eyes Cody. That would be like me being married or buried and being not Miss Swisher. Right. But Mrs. Phil's wife. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. That would really make me mad. Exactly. Wow. if it would be even worse, I feel like if Phil was pretending to be Italian, yeah, and actually wasn't, you yeah, know? you're right, actually. Oh, oh my God, disgraceful, very right. disgraceful. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm really curious about her now. I've learned yeah. a lot. Yeah, you can definitely Google her, and unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. So you can definitely jump on Google after this podcast. Hopefully, Bertha's Parker, Bertha Parker's story inspired you. Thank you so much for joining me this week, Ms. Swisher, and we will see everyone else next week for a new story and a new scientist. Cool. Bye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) 